This is Novel Marketing, the show that gives you innovative ideas on how to sell more books. With your host, agent, author, and marketing maven, Thomas Umstead Jr. And best-selling, award-winning author and marketing guru, James L. Rubart. Hey, this is James L. Rubart, better known as Jim, and I just want to say that I'm actually looking forward to listening to this episode with you for the first time. Because I was not able to be here for this recording. I was actually in the air when Thomas was doing this interview coming up. But I think you're really going to enjoy it. I think I'm really going to enjoy it. And I will see you uh, next time on the Novel Marketing Podcast. Episode 190. I'm David Cochran. I'm Thomas Umstead Jr. And today we're going to be talking about BookBub. Now, chances are you've heard authors talking about using this service to sell thousands or even tens of thousands of books. And today we're going to learn exactly what it is and how to use it and why it is so powerful. And to help us with that, we're going to be talking with David Gochran. David has helped thousands of authors self-publish uh, through his workshops, blogs, and writers' books. He's written several Uh Let's get digital strangers to super fans. And the one we'll be talking about today, BookBub Ads Expert. David, welcome to Novel Marketing. Thank you very much for inviting me along, Thomas. So we should probably ask uh, right off, what is BookBub? Okay, so before we talk about BookBub in terms of how you can use it as an author to reach readers and how you use it as an advertiser, most importantly, I want to talk about it, um, its usefulness to you as a reader, because you know, hopefully you're all readers as well as writers. Uh, you should be at least. Um, BookBub is a really cool website for um, for all kinds of readers. So if you're not familiar with it at all, I strongly recommend you go along to bookbub.com and just sign up as a reader, first of all. Um, and when you sign up, you'll see that uh, you can select which genres you're interested in. So, and I think they have something like 25 or 30 different categories now, everything from like crime and mysteries and thrillers to all different kinds of romance and then different categories of nonfiction too. So a reader goes along to BookBub and they sign up and they pop, they pop in their email address, they select the genres they're interested in, and then they get a daily email every single day, um, which has got a selection of books, all priced between... I think usually the most expensive book in the email is one ninety nine or two ninety nine, and there'll be a lot of free books and there'll be a few ninety nine cent books as well in all the genres that you selected, and um, it's some of the books will be from really big authors. Like sometimes you see authors like George R. R. Martin and, and Stephen King in there, and then there'll be like undiscovered gems from indies, and and it's a real range. Um, so it's really cool just as a reader. Like I actually buy probably several books a week from BookBub just as a reader. Now. Um, those books that are featured in the email, that's actually like a slot that people pay for, whether it's the author or the publisher of the book. And the amount of the amount of people that receive these emails every day, I think they said recently that the total amount of people they have on their mailing list now is 10 million readers, which is, which is a huge amount. And if you go to the website as someone who wants to purchase a slot in this email, they'll actually break down the different lists. And I think the biggest list they have right now, I think it's crime fiction, which is like something like three and a half or nearly 4 million readers just on that list alone. And then you, you, you pay some money to have your book featured. And I think for the bigger list, it's very expensive now. It's something like a thousand dollars, but your, your book, your, your deal, your 99 cent deal or your one ninety nine deal will go out to, 3 million people. So the response you get from, you know, getting in front of that many eyeballs and having a discount on your book at the same time uh, can be tremendous. Like a single book bub deal can put you in the top hundred on Amazon. It can sell 
thousands of books a day. Like it might cost you for the biggest list, it might cost you a thousand dollars to get to get featured in the email that day. Or for the smaller list, it can be as little as 150 or something like that. Um, but for those for those bigger lists, those more expensive lists, um, even though you're spending a thousand dollars on on getting featured in this email, you'll often not just make the money back within 24 hours. Sometimes you'll make two or three times that amount within just 24 hours, and your book will stay in the charts at a higher level for several weeks afterwards. Absolutely, and if your book is the first in a series, you'll see the sales of if your book is well written, <laughs> the sales of your subsequent books will go up as well. The books that aren't discounted. We did a bunch of BookBub ads uh, for the publishing company, uh, Enclave Publishing, which we've done some case. We did some case studies in the show back in the day. Uh, so our really old uh, listeners know that we experimented with BookBub and compared it with all of its competitors. We were buying ads on e-reader news today and Book Gorilla and Fussy Librarian. And BookBub was the most expensive, but it ended up being the cheapest in the sense of how many sales we got compared to how much money we spent for the placement. And it, um, they paid for themselves and they paid for themselves overwhelmingly. It was the best money uh, we spent on advertising with no close second. Like BookBub is so powerful because the email is so powerful because it's anticipated, it's targeted, right? They're not spamming people. People are going to bookbub.com to sign up to get just deals on books. <laughs> like they are getting the email wanting to buy a book, which is like the perfect audience and the uh, perfect state of mind uh, to reach someone in. Yeah, BookBub wasn't the first um, kind of deal site or discount email to to happen. Like I think eReader News Today was around since 2010 or 2011, and there's 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 ten or fifteen other other sites that you know I would recommend using, um, but they're all much much smaller, um, and the the prices are much lower. Like they only cost twenty or twenty five dollars, some of them seventy five dollars, some of them, but they they simply don't have the same impact as BookBub. I think if you were to advertise on all the other websites. Um, all the other deal sites at the same time. I think even collectively, they wouldn't even come up to half the power of a BookBub, uh, BookBub feature deal. Um, what was interesting, because BookBub weren't the first, but I think they arrived on the scene like almost fully formed. I think they had they had a lot more capital. Um, they had a few investors, and they they just they they just took it to another level of professionalism and aggressiveness in terms of building up the site and building up the number of people. Uh, on their email deals and also courting the traditional publishers to get the likes of those household names like John Grisham and, and Stephen King into the email as well, which, which, which helped to grow the site too. Um, and, and to be honest, like, you know, there's no sure thing in the world of marketing or the world of book marketing at all, but getting a book book feature deal is probably the closest you'll get to it. Yeah. And they're, they keep adding to the platform. So recently they added the ability to follow specific authors because I don't buy a lot of ebooks. I buy mostly audiobooks. So I was like, I'm going to unsubscribe from BookBub because, you know, I don't buy ebooks. And they're like, oh, well, would you like to, uns you're unsubscribing from these genres, but would you like to follow these authors, you know, authors that you like? So I went through the list. I'm like, oh, this author I want to know about, this author I want to know about. And they're basically controlling an additional email newsletter for authors. In fact, just today I got an email about a new book from an author that I follow. And so I clicked the link, looked at the reviews. I was like, oh, yeah. And then I bought the audiobook <laughs> of, the, of this book that's not out yet. It comes out in a couple of weeks, but the pre-order was available. And that is like new uh, elements of the platform that I don't think any of their competitors have yet. Yeah. And I think this, just speaking from a business perspective, um, this was a very smart move. They started making about a year ago, I think it was, where they started to build out the kind of social aspects of their website 
and kind of turn it into a kind of a 21st century Goodreads where authors and I think readers can review as well. And then authors can recommend books and people can follow authors. So they're, they're, they're adding more social aspects to the site all the time. And, and I can really understand this from a business perspective because, you know, you get to a certain point, I think about a year ago, they hit like eight or eight and a half million people on their mailing list, which is a lot, you know? And, and then I think, Today, they're roughly around 10 million, but the growth is kind of starting to slow. You know, there's only there's only so many people you can get onto your mailing list and they're probably hitting, it's probably getting more and more expensive for them to add new, they probably actually have to add lots of new people every day just to cover the nat- natural wastage that any mailing list will have from people unsubscribing or people signing up with a work email address and then getting fired or something, you know, <laughs> um, all these things that happen that, re- that will cause natural wastage, especially on a list of that size. So it's probably getting more and more expensive and harder to add people in the same numbers to the list. So from their perspective, I can understand the shift to, you know, building a site where people will actually come and visit and spend time on. And and the good thing for us, and, and especially those of us who are advertising on BookBub, is all this kind of social activity on the site when, you know, if, if I have I have a few thousand people following me on BookBub, if I recommend a book on BookBub, um, people will get email notifications about that. And all these emails that the this social stuff on the site generates, they're all places that we can advertise as authors as well as at the bottom of those featured deal emails. Which is something I do want to talk about. So we talked about BookBub as a reader and how it's such a great source for deals. You know, if you want to read ebooks for 99 cents, BookBub is the place. How do you use it as an author? What's the primary way authors use it to sell more books? Well, like definitely the most powerful way to use it as an author is to get a featured deal. The the deals we were talking about where you can sell thousands of books within 24 hours. The only problem with that is BookBub only accepts about 20% of the applications for a featured deal. They only feature one or sometimes two books in each category every day. And I'm sure they get dozens of applications from, from people wanting to be featured. And BookBub's official figures are that they accept something like 20% of applications. But considering like there's people like, you know, J.K. Rowling and George R. R. Martin are applying for a feature deal, they probably have a slightly better than 20% chance of getting accepted. So my chance is probably slightly worse than 20%. And also uh, another thing to factor in is if you're an author who's exclusive to Amazon, if you're in Kindle Unlimited, they will feature books that are in Kindle Unlimited now and then, but there's you've definitely had less of a chance of getting accepted because they've so many readers on their lists uh, who shop at Barnes and Noble and Kobo and Apple that you're you've a better chance of getting accepted if you if you're a wide author. So um, because it's so difficult to get accepted, and because there's such a valuable audience, such a huge audience that you want to reach. Um, it's great that they have this ads platform, which is totally open where anybody can advertise and you can advertise whenever, whenever you like to reach that same audience. There's a lot of things here I want to unpack because this is really good. So we're going to get to ads here in a second. Um, but first, I want to kind of dig deeper on this getting accepted because you are right. I think traditional publishers have, have a bit of an advantage. Uh, back when I was running uh, marketing for Enclave, we submitted all of our books every month for BookBub deals. And we probably had 30 or 40% of them accepted on any given month, sometimes maybe as low as 20%. But even as a traditional publisher, it wasn't a guaranteed thing. Uh, A lot of our books didn't get accepted. And some books got accepted more often than others. So I'm curious what your view is on what helps a book get accepted as opposed to not getting accepted for a book by deal. Because it's not not random. They're not just like, you know, drawing lots to decide which book gets featured on Tuesday. They have a process. Yeah, it's definitely not random. They have a whole team of people who 
And, and the thing about BookBubble is it's very heavily curated. Like there's some ad sites out there who will accept pretty much anything that people apply as long as it's got, you know, a reasonably professional cover and all that kind of thing and a few reviews. BookBub, the, the bar is quite a bit higher. Um, they don't state any kind of, you know, some of the websites will say you have to have 10 reviews, you have to have a four-star average. BookBub doesn't state its requirements, but um, definitely having more reviews um, and having those reviews being overwhelmingly positive definitely helps. Like you couldn't put a number on it, like you need 10, 20 or 50. Definitely the more you have, the better. The more sales you've had, the better. And the more professional your presentation um, I guess the bigger discount you're giving on the book probably helps too. And then, you know, when you're if you're if you're actually applying for a BookBub deal, one tip um, which is really, really important that I give anyone applying for a BookBub deal is they have a comment box when you're applying. And they say if you have any other comments, throw them in here. And I think a lot of people don't use that comment box. Uh, you really need to work that comment box. You need to pimp your book. You need to throw in your lifetime sales figures, any awards that you've won. Mention if it's part of a giant marketing campaign, anything you can throw in there to make selecting your book more attractive, to make it easier for them to say yes. Because uh, the, the irony of all this is it's almost like looking for an agent, right? Where we're, we're querying BookBub now and we're asking them to please feature our book. And it's similar on their side too, in that they have so many, just like the way the agent has 150 emails in their inbox and they're just looking for a reason to say no. They're just looking for a reason to say no. So you need to give them reasons to say yes. So I, I would definitely work that comment box. Anything you can put in there at all that will make saying yes easier or more attractive for them will definitely help. Yeah, that's really good. And I, I agree about the number of reviews. I, I feel like getting triple digit reviews really helps getting a book accepted uh, to BookBub. Uh, but it's also a matter of who you're competing with that day. So if you're submitting for you know May 17th, 2019, it's it's who you're competing with and you don't know who else is requesting that day. So they've got two slots and maybe 10 people have requested it and you're doing fantasy and one of the ones requesting it's JK Rowling. Well, she's probably going to get it, right? BookBub, if they're smart, will say yes to JK <laughs> anytime she requests a book. So now you're competing with the other nine people for that second spot, uh, whereas other days are going to be slower for whatever reason. And uh, it'll be easier to get in, which is probably why they don't have like a hard limit. And because, you know, there's a general variability uh, given how many, you know, what day it is and what people are submitting. You can submit for more than one day. So it's not like, oh, I picked the wrong day um, that kills it. But the demand and supply does kind of oscillate up and down. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it really is kind of tilted against you. So I would recommend being as flexible as possible. Like sometimes people don't realize like and and, and they apply and say, I'm only available on the on the 14th of May. And, you know, I, you're, you're just giving them all sorts of ammunition to say no there. I would take whatever date they can get and then build everything else around it. That's right. Because one of the uh, strategies that we used at Enclave is that we would get a BookBub ad and then we would get ads with the other services. And what we would do is we would say, BookBub, anytime you want, you know, the whole month, we're cool, you know, pick what you want. And then BookBub would be like, okay, okay, we're doing it on the 15th. And we're like, all right. And then we go to the other ones and be like, it has to be on the 15th. <laughs> so we were able to, on occasion, get multiple deal sites to all hit at the same time, which helped give us a little bit of an edge. Because at any given time, if you go to Amazon, the top 20 ebooks, probably 17 of those ebooks on any given day are BookBub books. Like they just dominate the top list because of how powerful it is. And any edge you can get will can be the difference between, you know, 10th and 5th on that list. 
Yeah, I would, I would actually go even further than that. I would, I would almost let um, the yes or no on BookBub decide the whole focus of my promotion. I think people don't realize that um, when you apply for a BookBub deal, you can actually, because sometimes people are torn, like they're like, okay, this is a book one in a series. I don't know whether to apply for a free deal or a 99 cent deal. I don't know which they're going to prefer to accept. And people don't realize they can actually apply for both simultaneously and then let BookBub decide which suits them more, where they have the whole in their in their offering that day and and to me the power of a book book deal is so important that i would actually change my whole promotion around depending on you know if they if book said we can only take you at free i would cancel my plans for a 99 cent deal and i would run it at free because it's going to be that big behold the power of email when people say that email is dead my response sometimes is just BookBub. And I drop the mic and walk away because <laughs> it's so powerful. I agree. I agree. Email was email was never dead. Email <laughs> was never dead. Just like blogging was never dead. MySpace is never dead. Well, maybe MySpace did. Maybe, maybe MySpace. <laughs> maybe MySpace. So let's talk a little bit about the timing. When should authors use BookBub? When do they know that they're ready for it? And when, if ever, should they avoid it? Well, I think I think it's so powerful that I, I would never say no if it was if it was on the menu. But um, there's sometimes when it's off the menu, no matter what you want. Uh, for example, I think I don't think they feature books in the first six weeks. I think that's that's a rule. Um, they do have a new thing now called BookBub featured new releases, but I don't think they're anywhere near as um, as powerful and as an easy yes on your side. I think the the reports have been a little bit mixed on on whether they're worth the money. But the feature deal, um, yeah, they don't take books for the first six weeks. It's going to take you a little while to get the necessary reviews and stuff anyway. And also, you probably don't want to run a 99-cent deal or a free promotion on a book that's only out six weeks. I think that kind of that's that's unfair to your core readers that probably paid full price just a month and a half before that. So I think realistically, you're looking two, three, probably minimum months down the road. I, I personally don't like to run a discount on a on a new release um, more than three months usually um, after release. Because I think otherwise, like, it's not fair on your core readers. Like, your core readers are the ones you should be treating the best. They should be getting the best offers, the best deals. They shouldn't be treated the worst, right? Um, so I think, yeah, you should... Uh, it really depends on how your launch goes. Like, you know, if your launch goes well, that's probably going to have enough steam to go on its own for a couple of months. And then maybe three, four months down the line, you might be bringing out another book in that same series. And it could be time then to do a price promotion on the one you just released. Yeah, I will say at Enclave, cultivating our core readers and keeping them happy was a key part of our strategy. Because we didn't just have readers for our authors. We had fans of the company, like the brand meant something because of how narrow our niche was. And I think our policy was we didn't do any BookBub type deals for the first year uh, because we didn't want our core readers to feel like schmucks. And we also didn't want to train them to wait for the deal (laughs) because uh, that may make you some really good money on the first book. But if you always train them, oh, I'll wait six months for the deal, then you don't have a strong launch. Your core readers aren't the ones leaving you your first reviews and everything gets out of whack. And so BookBub is not, and, and I think this is a good um, distinction, it's not a launching tool, uh, or at least the core BookBub feature deal is not a launching tool. They do have this other 
program where they're trying to get into that space and um, authors can have followers, which, you know, the more followers you have on BookBub, potentially the easier it is to get a deal if they know for sure that there's 20 people who wouldn't or 200 people who wouldn't get their emails otherwise, but because they're following you, they're going to get the email if they feature you that may help. But it is, it's, it's a tool for helping kind of older books get back into the hustle and the bustle, so to speak. It's not a tool for launching, uh, at least with featured deals. Now, let's talk about BookBub ads, because I know this is a um, relatively new part of BookBub, and this is where you are like the go-to expert. So what is a BookBub ad, and how is it different from a BookBub featured deal? Okay, so um, if you're familiar with the featured deals email, and even if you're not, um, at the bottom of the selection of books that the reader has signed up for, let's say they've signed up and expressed an interest in three or four different genres and they get their daily email with the, with the deals that day with, you know, three, four, five, six books on it. At the end of, of, of those deals, the featured deals, there's a little ad slot um, at the bottom of every email. And that ad slot is where your book can be featured. And it's a totally open ad platform. There's no curation done on this. So anybody can advertise there as long as you win the auction uh, you can you can advertise in there, and considering that these emails are going out to up to ten million people every day, it's actually a huge potential audience for your book. And because BookBub knows a little bit about its audience now at this point as well, um, not just by which authors they are following, but also the deals they've interacted with in the platform historically, like all that information is tracked. They'll know which which books that you've clicked on, which featured deals that you've, you've clicked on in the past, as well as which authors you're following and which genres you've expressed interest in. So all, that, all of that data gets, gets pulled into the, into the ad system and we can use that to target um, a subset of the, of the audience. So you don't just have to advertise to the fantasy audience as a whole. You can advertise to people who just follow one particular author like Brent Weeks, for example. So if you write grim, dark fantasy similar to Brent Weeks, and you don't want to advertise to the whole fantasy audience, you just want to advertise to his followers, you can do that via the ad platform. And what is the cost breakdown? So let's say buying a fantasy ad, let's say it costs $1,000, give or take two, 300 How much uh, would it cost to start advertising to kind of buy those lower in email ads? Well, at the very bottom of the range, you can you can advertise for as little as as a few dollars a day. Like sometimes, like when I'm when I'm running test campaigns, when I'm just testing out my ads, I only put in a budget of ten or fifteen dollars and and let the ad run. Um, so you can you can start on a much smaller budget. And there's a variety of things you can do actually with BookBub ads if you really need to save money. There are there are very various ways you can get much much cheaper clicks. But the 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 very interesting thing about BookBub that sets it apart from Amazon ads and from Facebook ads is that it scales up beautifully. So if you if you go through testing and you figure out your your audience and your your ad images and you're starting to get a good response on your ads, you can really turn up the budget on them without without the wheels coming off so much. Like I know this is a big problem when I advertise on Facebook, it can be tricky. You you turn up the budget on your ads and things can get a bit wobbly. Um, with Amazon ads, you turn up the budget on your ads and they, and they just don't seem to serve anymore. It's very difficult to get them out to a wider audience without, without it turning into a total car crash. You have a $10 budget and you spend $10 and you raise it to a $100 budget and you spend $10. <laughs> you just can't spend more sometimes. 
Yeah, like that's the difficulty with Amazon ads, but with, with, with BookBub, it, I find that it scales up beautifully. So, you know, that's that, that's really good because, you know, I find with Amazon ads, I'm, I'm putting in a lot of effort trying to find out which keywords work for me and, you know, what kind of ad text. And I finally get it all nailed down. I'm getting good response to my ads. And then I turn up the budget and nothing really happens. You know, it, it's, it's, it's such an anticlimax. But BookBub, it's the opposite danger. You have to actually put a limit on the spend um, or else it'll spend your money in a second. Because one of the things I think that catches people out with BookBub ads, it's a really, really responsive platform. If you put in a budget of $150 thinking that will last you for a few days, it can go just like that. So I like to kind of micromanage it a little bit and just kind of feed it out little bits of money until I'm sure the ads are working and then I'll turn it up. And I think that's a really good strategy and that's a nice advantage in some ways of advertising as opposed to a feature deal. There's no way to do a test feature deal. You're spending $1,000 whether it works or whether it doesn't, but you can do kind of experimentation. You can also... Uh, learn what resonates with an audience and what doesn't. So I really like that approach. Uh, but you have to tell us how to get those cheaper clicks. You can't just leave us hanging. What are some of the tricks to get the clicks cheaper? Okay, so if you're if you're really on a shoestring budget, and uh, you know we've all been there. We all we all start from zero. None of us spring forth from the womb with with twenty thousand Twitter followers or whatever. Um, I'll give you two tips that will really drive down your cost. The the first one is that Weekends are cheaper. Now, um, this sounds kind of funny, but like a lot of people don't advertise on the weekend. And I think probably a lot of people who work for large publishers that work maybe nine to five, you know, um, Monday to Friday, they're not in the office on Saturday running book of ads. So they don't, they often tend just not to run campaigns uh, or not, you know, not managing them very closely, certainly. So I find that the price of clicks tends to drop at the weekend. Or maybe it's just people out having fun, you know, instead of running ads. But either way, there's an opportunity there. You will definitely get cheaper clicks at the weekend. And the other way that you can get cheaper clicks, aside from making your ads better, which we can probably talk about in a moment, but um, just on a meta level, another way you can get cheaper clicks is later at night. So if you are someone who's maybe advertising, say, a perma-free, let's say you got a perma-free book one in your series, and... Let's say you're just drawing a little bit of advertising every day, just keep it a little bit of visible, just to keep feeding in new readers into the series all the time. And maybe you're only spending like five, ten dollars a day, something smaller like that. Um I I would just put your bids a little bit lower than you know, at the lower end of what Bookbub recommends, or even below it. And you might get a little bit nervous throughout the day because your ad isn't serving. But when it comes around to like 8, 9, 10 p.m., when the people are on bigger budgets, have spent all their money for the day, sometimes the prices can drop and you can swoop in the last two hours and just serve your ad in those last two hours. Because it doesn't really matter, right? If you're spending 5 or $10 a day, you don't really care if that's spread out really evenly all day or if you spend it all between 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. It doesn't really matter. So I, I find you can kind of stretch the money a bit more towards the end of the day. And I should point out that this happens automatically. You don't have to stay up late to do it. How these ad uh, auctions work is that uh, think of it as a real life auction and what they are auctioning off are views and they're auctioning off blocks of a thousand views and the highest bidders get the first block. So somebody with lots of money says, I'll buy 10,000 views and I'll spend you know, $50 per block of views and they're way higher, better than everybody else. So they get their um, 
their views for sure. And then the next highest bidder gets their views. But after they bought their views, they leave the auction house. And if there's still views left over, it goes to lower and lower bidders where you're paying the same money potentially, or you're, you're paying less money than the person who paid more. And yet you're getting the exact same views. And this it's a similar um, auction system that Google uses and Facebook uses and Amazon uh, uses it, it's a similar and it, it happens by proxy so you just say hey computer bid at this rate and it happens automatically and it happens every I think on facebook it's like every five minutes there's another auction or it's happening in real time i don't know how often it yeah and you can you, you can put in limits yourself so if you say to the platform i do not want to spend more than five dollars a day or i don't want to spend you know more than 50 cents a click or i don't want to spend more than ten dollars for a thousand impressions or i don't want to spend more than um twenty dollars over the entire lifetime of this campaign you can put those limits in and they will be they will be absolutely respected so you know if you're worried about you know spending getting out of control or anything you can totally manage all that side of it and you'd better put those limits in because if you don't, <laughs> very easily could buy ten thousand dollars worth of ads. It's and just to think of it as going to an auction and leaving your paddle up in the air. Uh, you know, the auctioneer will just keep clicking on you. And that goes double for BookBub in particular because one of the things that people might be used to, you know, like Amazon ads can seem well. It's it's hard to know how sluggish the Amazon system is. We like we know the reports are sluggish. We know that you know we can put up an ad today and we mightn't get the full complete campaign data, including all the clicks and impressions and all that. It might take three days. It might sometimes it takes longer. There was a while there, I think about six months ago, where they stretched the reporting window out to fourteen days, which was just like, come on, Amazon! Like you have the technology to do this better. With BookBub, you're getting it, it's almost like instant haptic feedback. You know, you're like the reports can start coming in within within an hour or two, um, which is way quicker, I think, than any other platform. Um, and and the thing is, it's not just the reports are coming in faster. The ads start delivering almost instantly. Like I, I was putting up a campaign there. I think it was actually around the launch of, of the BookBub Ads Expert book. I put up a campaign just before the feature deal email came out. My feature deal email arrived in my inbox, something like, I don't know, it was like two minutes later and my ad was at the bottom of it. And I was like, man, that is that is some that's pretty quick, you know? Like I think Facebook, it can take almost an hour for your ads or it feels like that for them to start serving. But BookBub, it seems like it's almost instantaneous. And I don't think there's any platform that responsive. Yeah, well, Facebook has an actual human that looks at every ad and approves it. And that approval process takes time. Uh, and anytime you tweak the ad, it, it causes it to go and get reapproved. And they still get in. There's lots of drama with Facebook with advertising. I don't know if you've been following this, but in the States, they got um, a big or they're potentially going to get a big fine or discrimination because people could buy ads targeting just certain ethnicities for a job and excluding others. So while the job supposedly is available for everyone, uh, only certain people were seeing it based off the targeting, which is super illegal uh, discrimination. And um, but very or was very easy to do with Facebook. So they because of those sorts of things and how the platform is used in that way, they have a lot more controls. Whereas it's you know, when you're advertising a book, there's less risk of discrimination. <laughs> right? You're targeting sci-fi fans. You're going to discriminate against the romance fans who wouldn't like your book anyway. It's it's not the same sort of thing. Yeah, I thought it was very interesting. Like, uh, like I'm, I'm always pouring over the data that, that Facebook gives us, trying to learn a little bit more about my readers. And I noticed, I don't know if you're familiar with the audience insights page on Facebook, where you can 
really drill down into those who have liked your page and you can see what other pages they've liked. And it tells you, you know, that most of your likes are, you know, uh, college educated women between the age of 45 and 54 who own their own home and all this, like, you know, they, they don't give you names and addresses. Obviously it's all aggregated anonymized data, but it's quite extensive. But I noticed that once all those scandals started breaking about, I think about a year ago, they just slowly started peeling away, like all this information and just like axing it quietly because I, yeah, I think there's probably the tip of the iceberg with, with, with scandals to come for Facebook will be my guess. Yeah. And, and I bet you anything that data is still available. You just have to pull it in through the CSVs. They just made it harder to find for normal people. So they're less scandalized. The, the data is still Bible. I'm sure Pepsi still has a pretty good data on who likes their page. It's just Joe Schmoes like me don't get it anymore. That's right. But uh, real quick, back to BookBub, because we're almost out of time. Um, what advice do you have on how to make those BookBub ads more effective? If you're buying ads, you know, that automatically go to the bottom of the email. Uh, what are some uh, some quick tips? Okay, so two two key things you have to remember is, first of all, that most of your ads will appear at the bottom of an email, and they will be at the bottom of these feature deal emails. So if you're trying to advertise a full price book, or a book that doesn't have any kind of discount, you know, that's you're asking four ninety nine or something for your book when Stephen King is selling one for ninety nine cent. That's that's a tough road to hoe, you know. So you really need some kind of offer in there. You need something that's going to tantalize the entice the reader. And the second thing is, and and this is a key difference from all the other platforms. Um, with Amazon, you have like that little piece of ad text, that little copy that you'll write in there and they use your book cover. With Facebook, you have a custom image that you put in and a little bit of text. There's no text with BookBub. It's just an image. So the image has to do all the work. So it's kind of like designing an ebook cover. It has to be simple. It has to be striking. It has to communicate the genre in two seconds. Like this is not a place, just like an ebook cover, this is not a place to be ornate or subtle or demure. Um, I recommend being almost kind of obnoxious in terms of sticking in a giant price tag highlighting your deal. Again, like there's not a place to be shy. You're really trying to grab attention. Someone like, just think of someone scrolling down an email in their inbox. They've probably got 20 more emails to look through. Um, you've really got to grab their attention. I recommend using the book cover. I know some people with their Facebook ads don't like to use book covers, which isn't something I really agree with. But I think on BookBub in particular, use the book cover. Like if you've got a good book cover, which speaks to your genre, that's going to sell your book. Like covers sell books. So make sure that's front and center with a big price tag advertising your deal. And just one thing to be careful of, because I think um, with Facebook, they have some restrictions on the amount of text that you can put in the ad. And, and Amazon doesn't let you put anything in. They just use your book cover. So people almost go a bit crazy with the freedom of book ads and they start sticking in text everywhere. Don't do that. I, I've done extensive testing on this. Um, I, what I find gets best results is a really paired back ad just with the book cover and then some kind of background, usually using some something that plays with the cover art well, a big price tag, and then maybe one little tagline, but just don't go overboard with it because it is actually quite a small little box that your ad is going to appear in. And what image editing software do you use for making that image that gets placed at the bottom of the email? Uh, I use I use Canva. I make my own ads. But if you want to outsource it, it, it's really, really cheap. There's there's guys out there who will do any graphic designer can throw together a book of ad for you fairly simply. I think, you know, I've, I've paid 20 or 30 dollars before. Um, probably the best thing to do is when you're getting your book cover done, just to ask your cover designer to throw in ad graphics and get, get them to throw in a Facebook ad, throw in a book of ad get them throwing a cover photo for your Facebook page. And they'll either do that for nothing or for a nominal fee. 
Um, and then you'll have all the branded graphics ready to go. But if you want to make something yourself, it, it, I think it's a handy skill to learn just to be able to do some promo promo graphics. I like to use Canva. I know um, a lot of authors now are talking about BookBrush, which I haven't played with yet. I think they also have a free version and a paid version, so you can check that out. Um, but Canva is also free. Um, they also have a paid version, which I'm which I'm currently using and enjoying. Um, but yeah, there's lots of lots of tools out there, and if you're not in any way artistically inclined you can outsource it really cheap. Yeah, Fiverr has a lot of graphic designers as do um, Upwork.com. And we'll have links uh, to Canva and BookBrush uh, in the show notes. Uh, Both of those are browser-based, I believe. So you don't actually have to install any software on your computer, which is really nice. Back when I was a kid, we didn't have no browser-based image editors. You had to have Photoshop or nothing. So yeah, you kids these days, you don't know how good you've got it. Um, So real quick, though, tell us about your book, BookBub Ads Expert. Okay, so uh, BookBub Ads Expert, I think it's about 40,000 words, so it's, it's quite meaty. Um, it, goes through, it goes through everything you need to know about BookBub, the platform itself, but also the ad platform. A huge chunk of the book, something like um, a quarter of the book, talks about the testing process, like how to discover which ads, you, which authors you should target, what kind of images your audience will respond to in particular. Um, and also, and then I think... A, probably the biggest section of the book is talking about strategy. So where a BookBub ads campaign will fit into an overall kind of launch plan for a new release or for a backlist promotion and the different ways that you might run a BookBub campaign, depending on whether you were trying to push a new release, whether you're pushing a freebie, whether it's a perma freebie and you want to have a kind of a drip campaign going all month or whether you're doing like a Kindle countdown deal and you're just trying to go for as many sales as possible in a five-day window. So there's different ways that you'll you know, you'll tweak your bids or you'll run your campaign to to achieve those kind of results. And then the book wraps up with a whole bunch of kind of uh, killer tricks and 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 ninja moves to to help you take sales to the next level. All right, very good. And we will have a affiliate link to BookBub Ads Expert in the show notes. So if you just scroll down in your app, you can get that book. I think the ebook's like five dollars. Uh, and you can help out uh, the Novel Marketing Podcast while you're at it, uh, which uh, so you get to help yourself, help us, and help David. Everybody wins. So um, our featured patron, real quick, is You're the Cream of my, in My Coffee by Jennifer Lamont Leo. Uh, in 1928, a small-town woman uh, travels to Chicago and thinks she sees her first love, believed killed in the Great War, alive and well in a train station. Suddenly, everything in her life is up for grabs and thank you jennifer for being a patron of the novel marketing podcast and our sponsor today is my book table uh, which is a way to quickly and easily add an online bookstore to your wordpress website you can use it to rank number one and boost your sales on uh, sites like amazon and barnes and noble and the free version now integrates with amazon's affiliate program so it'll insert your affiliate link automatically into your book pages. You can check it out at mybooktable.com. David, thank you so much for joining us today on the Novel Marketing Podcast. Thank you for having me.